Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger, joined by Jordan Climac. Jordan, how are you doing as training camp is in its second week? Second week, I think it'll officially be two weeks tomorrow, actually. So, yeah, right about two weeks, man. And uh, I just, it's one of those things where, like, it's all good and well, but it's just, it's too much of a tease. It's too much of a tease. Like, I just want the season to be here, right? Like, it's one of those things, like, you're so close to football, but you're not all the way there. Hard knock starts tonight. So, like, you get a little closer to football, but I, I just want it to be here. I want college football here. I want NFL here, and I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready for my Saturdays and Sundays. Well, I, I think you're not the only one that feels that way. Brown's practice was reportedly pretty chippy today as players yeah. seemed like they were a little bit more on edge than they had been in some previous uh, training camp days. Maybe uh, some spill spillover from from the Orange and Brown scrimmage on Sunday. But well, this is a uh, this is what they call the uh, like dog days of camp period, right? Where you get into like that second week and like, all right, I'm tired of hitting the same guy every single day this, that, and the other, like, I'm ready to hit someone new. So that Giants, um, you know, the Browns are going to have the joint practice with the Giants coming up here. And I think that's going to be huge for them just in terms of, you know, being able to hit someone else. And of course, uh, the preseason with Jacksonville uh, starting on Saturday as well. But you could definitely tell today, like you said, it got a little chippy out there. And that's just kind of everyone's tired of going up against each other every single day. It's it's one of those. Definitely, definitely got that sense. It wasn't, it wasn't a New York Giants situation. As Jake Trotter put God, it in, no. the, in, yeah. in the notes of training camp today, it wasn't quite like that, but it was definitely a little more physical than it had been. But Jordan, I think one interesting storyline that we haven't touched on a ton yet so far, and we, we should get to today, is the tight end position. Because one of the players that I think has disappointed a little bit so far in camp is Austin Hooper, and in particular, on that, uh, that scrimmage on Sunday, he had a couple drops, people, you know, and, and that's in general, he hasn't looked great at practice. And then he seemed to have a rebound day today. But I thought that that group is interesting because you've got a Hooper who the Browns paid a lot of money to a year ago in free agency, made him the highest paid tight end at the time. Now, that was slightly deceiving because George Kittle and Travis Kelsey were about to get contract extensions. But Right. A lot of money for Hooper, nevertheless, for a guy that didn't really perform at that level or really even close to last season for the Browns. And then on the flip side, you've got, you know, his main competition at the position is David Njoku, who, you know, for being a first round pick has certainly flashed at times, but on the whole has not necessarily delivered quite at that level of production either. Now, again, has shown the flashes, including in that Chiefs game where he was unbelievable. So this was, a, you know, a potential battle, I guess, going into camp. You know, the Browns are going to play with two tight ends a lot. But what do you make uh, of the tight end position? Do you think there's a, a case here where Njoku, you know, ends up playing a lot more snaps than Hooper does this season, potentially? I think this is a non-story. Um, to be honest with you, uh, I think it's one of those things where we're looking for things in camp. I think Austin Hooper, he, we paid him for a reason. I think we want him to be that guy. I think he will be that guy. I don't think that they're going to like, you know, they look at these things and, you know, we talked to Andrew Barron. He talked about the full body of work. It's important to understand the full body of work. So I don't think that they're going to look into one day where Austin Hooper and I saw the tweets and all that. I wasn't at the orange and brown scrimmage, but Henry, I did see the tweets of it. I guess he had two 
pretty brutal drops um, kind of just in the open field, which, yeah, I mean, that's going to happen, right? I mean, to your question, though, of could you see David and Joku maybe getting more snaps than him in the season? I think they're going to be pretty split. Uh, I still think that they like Austin Hooper in terms of the run game. So I don't know if, you know, in terms of his run blocking, I think that he'll have the snap number just based off of that. Although Njoku got a lot better at blocking as the season went on last year. And I would assume is only going to keep progressing in that manner. But I don't know, Henry, I, I really, I, I look at this as a non-story. You know, I've heard that Harrison Bryant has had a really good camp as well. Uh, he had a really good camp last year and he still had his issues throughout the year when it came to holding on to the ball. I mean, that's going to be the main thing for him if he's able to correct that or not. But yeah, I still think uh, it's going to be the line chair is going to go to Austin Hooper, one, because of his ability to run block. And two, I just think that they're not going to take into consideration. You know, he had, you know, they'll go back to the orange and brown scrimmage if you would have caught those two passes. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. I think at the end of the day, it's still going to be Hooper, probably 60-40 with Njoku and, you know, Harrison Bryant will be built in there as well. To your point, you know, Hooper, 370 snaps roughly last season, Njoku, 216 uh, and then I, I think Harrison Bryan actually had more technically. Uh, yeah, it looks like 307 uh, in terms of pass snaps last year uh, among those guys. But Njoku, an improved run blocker, I'm a little worried. I, I don't share quite this sentiment because Hooper was supposed to be the sure-handed tight end because to me that's the biggest reason David Njoku's disappointed is he can't hang on to the ball. And Hooper last season also had problems hanging on to the ball for the first time really in his entire career. So the fact that he's struggling again, I mean, I don't think it's a major problem, but as I said, Kevin Stefanski loves to use 12 personnel and I'm, I'm not super high on this tight end group to be I, I'm not really sure what Austin Hooper did to deserve that contract. You know, their PFF had some great stats about how in his last year in Atlanta, they didn't rate him that highly because he basically got 75% of his receiving yards just in zone coverage. Didn't really be this guy and caught the ball in zone coverage, you know, basically sitting down Matt Ryan finding him. Yeah. But that was the reason for that was, I mean, they have two couple guys out wide and Julio Jones and then, you know, Calvin Ridley's of the world and the Browns have a similar situation with Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. So I think the Browns looked at that. I thought they could apply it to their offense a little bit. I, 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 he had a good year in Atlanta. Like he was a fantasy player. He put up stats. Maybe you can look further than that. But I mean, the fact of the matter is he did put up stats in that last year in Atlanta. No, that, that I'm not going to disagree with. I have my, my pause there was, I don't think Julio or I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. And Jarvis Landry command the same uh, coverage on the outside, particularly because Landry plays in the slot. And now I know the Atlanta receivers move around a little bit, but to me, that's a different situation. To me, the Browns, at least, look, we talked about how Donovan Peoples-Jones is outperforming expectations, all of that. You know, that could change this season. But as of right now, I don't think the Browns are quite in a similar situation. So I'm a little worried. And, you know, I've just – David Njoku, I know, is is a darling of, of some fans, but I just – I have not been that impressed with him despite his physical skills. Now, the – Improvement as a blocker, you mentioned, was key last season. That cannot be understated. He got way, way better there. 100% got to give him credit. But, Jordan, he can't hang on to the football, and that's a problem in this offense. I mean, his his drop rate's gotten slightly better, but basically in the two seasons before last year, he was the worst tight end in the league at hanging on to the football. And if Hoover is also not going to be that shorthanded, 
I, I'm, I, as I said, I'm starting to get a little bit concerned. Yeah, and the thing with Njoku, too, is he's that classic case, right, of, like, wide open, middle of the field, has a drop. But then he'll go up with, like, two guys draped all over him, make, like, a spectacular catch off of his helmet. He's that classic guy where he can make the difficult catch, but for whatever reason can't make the simple catch. Uh, I, I think he's gotten better, though. I think the main thing for him is going to be able to uh, – is staying healthy, right? I mean, because you talked about how Harrison Bryant had 307 snaps, I think you said, last year. That was in – that was – 100% circumstantial. Uh, Hooper missed time last year. Njoku missed time last year as well. So I think they need the depth. I mean, they need three got three bodies in that tight end room. One, because you mentioned the 12 personnel. And two, just Hooper and Njoku need to prove that they can stay healthy. Well, and that's the sneaky storyline, I think, is 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 Harrison Bryant going to play himself and does some more snaps here? Because I thought he looked good as a rookie. And to go down the flip side of a reason to be positive, I thought Harrison Bryant was impressive as a rookie. And I know he wasn't meant to play as much as he did, but Harrison Bryant's a guy that I would not be shocked if he gets some more snaps this season, even if those other guys are healthy, if they're struggling. But I don't know how you see that dynamic playing. I mean, Harrison Bryant, to me, was just as good as, as those two guys when he was in there last season. Uh, I, I disagree with that. I think that Harrison Bryant had a lot of rough moments last year. Uh, he couldn't let, look, if you can't keep the ball, if you fumble the ball that often, you just aren't going to see the field. And then that's the fact of the matter. And it yeah. got to the point last year where he was fumbling so often that you could noticeably tell when he would catch the ball, he'd go two hands on it and basically just go to the ground. He didn't want the contact. He didn't want the ball to get knocked out. And you could tell that it was in his head that he was thinking about not fumbling. And when you get into that case, sometimes it's hard to bounce back, but Hey, I know he beefed up, right? He said it in this press conference today that he put on 13 pounds of what he calls good weight, which I think he's assuming to as uh, he's saying that as, as you know muscle growth and and good good for him. I think that's what he needed to do, but we'll see that. The main thing for him is going to be a lot of, like I think he's fine. He's okay in, in the run block game. He's okay in the pass game, but you got to hold on to the football. That's what it comes down to for him. And if if you can't trust a guy to keep the ball in his hands when he after he makes a catch on the field, you just aren't going to see the playing aren't going to see the field. And if it wasn't circumstantial last year, I think he would have had some reps reduced for that reason. So we'll see how that plays into this year. I have faith that he can get better at that, but he certainly needs to. Yeah. I, I looked it up. He only had two fumbles lost last year. We got, it feels like it was more than that, but maybe they were I just think he only ones. two lost. Yeah. But he definitely had, and there were two, a couple of them were critical, right? We're driving down the field, having a great drive to start the game. And then it's just the momentum killer. I do think he fumbled a couple more times, but we, we recovered. It just got to the point where, like, dude, just hold on to the ball. Yeah, yeah, no, I, that that's certainly a fair counterpoint. I just, I don't know. And again, I think it stems from somewhat my disappointment with David and Joku. It's just that I'm I'm looking, I'm looking for a solution at that position. So I, I, I think you know that fair counterpoint. But I'm, and Joku has the physical skill set to break out. I just we haven't seen it yet. He came in super young as well. He was one of the youngest players when he was drafted out of Miami. So the, there's still time for him, but I think the Browns are going to need uh, either him to step up or a bounce back here out of Austin Hooper. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Uh, to transition to a better subject, a much happier subject, Anthony Walker. Yeah, uh, yeah he had a, a knee injury early on in camp and the quotes weren't, Amazing in terms of Stavansky was super vague. It kind of felt like, oh, he might not be back for a while, all of yeah. this stuff. And then all of a sudden he was on the field today, Jordan. And so Anthony Walker yeah. back in back in Brown's action today. I I mean, he's critical for this team, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think they are he's are, he's already been named the signal caller for that defense, which you expect in the inside linebacker position. So the main thing for him is going to be getting acclimated into, you know, the terminology, the schemes of the that Joe Woods defense. But yeah, just to go back on that real quick, man, like Stefanski was super vague. Like I, I was on this podcast. I've um, been on air with ESPN Cleveland saying like, hey, look, I, I think it's at the point where we got to prepare for week one to not have Anthony Walker. Right. I mean, that's just kind of how the that's how the comment was. I mean, Stefanski said he's like, yeah, you know, he's, he's going to take some time to come back. Uh, we hope to have him back before the end of training camp. And when you heard that, like, oh, this might be a little bit worse than we thought here. And uh, again, if you if he came back like uh, last week of training camp last couple practices you would think all right they'll probably give it to someone else who's more familiar with the uh you know this as i said the schemes and terminology of the defense but now to get him back at this point Henry, i mean that's huge coming over this new team the other thing that we i, I keep reminding myself about anthony walker he's only 26 and i don't know why but for some reason it seems like he's like 32 for some like i saw it the other day it was like oh he's 26 i thought he was like 30 something but no he's still young man and he still has some good days ahead of him so to get him back uh, to have a legit inside linebacker for this defense is going to be huge. They need him. They look, yeah. the Browns, the Browns gambled here. They, uh, you know, I was by no means in love with the linebacking core last season. And I was no, by no means in love with BJ Goodson, but BJ Goodson was productive for them. He was at least, you know, serviceable. And Anthony Walker did not have his best season last year. And they basically gambled on their evaluation of him being one that, hey, he's going to come in and he's going to be better than B.J. Goodson. Because remember, they signed Walker and chose not to retain uh, B.J. Goodson when they probably you know, pretty much had the choice between the two. So they made a gamble there, and that injury made me scared for a second. But it, it does look like ultimately things are fine. And on, you know, to provide a, a positive look at it, uh, you know, I saw one of, my, one of my favorite draft analysts, Benjamin Solak, who just signed with the ringer. He said he was watching Darius Leonard film after the uh, the extension was signed for Darius Leonard, and he came away very, very impressed with Anthony Walker, saying that he thinks he might be able to stick as a three-down player for the Browns and actually play in coverage, which is something he had done earlier on in his career. He just struggled more with last year. So, you know, potentially there's some room there. If, if Walker can, can show those skills in coverage and, and stay on the field for three downs – that's where he would definitely edge out what, what BJ Goodson was able to give them. Yeah, that's exactly, you hit the nail on the head. I, I don't want to echo too much of what you said, but it, his value is going to come in the passing game to me and have a guy, 
you know, that speed and athleticism that can cover ground and zone coverage is going to be huge. There's one thing I did want to touch on before we signed off, Henry, real quick. I don't know if you saw, but the Browns did release, obviously, like I said, their uh, first preseason game this weekend, this Saturday against Jacksonville. They did uh, release their first official depth chart of the 2021 year. There wasn't really anything surprising, in my opinion. And the two guys at defensive tackle that we talked about the whole time, uh, Malik Jackson and Andrew Billings, those guys were named the two nose tackles for the defense. Of course, uh, Miles Garrett to Davion Clowney. The interesting thing to me, Henry, really the only thing on the whole roster, Greedy Williams, currently sitting at two on the depth chart behind Denzel Ward, Greg mm-hmm. Newsom, and Troy Hill, three and four. Your thoughts on that? I Look, I was the one that came on the podcast and said, hey, if Greedy Williams is healthy, I think, I mean, he's got the first round talent to compete with Newsom. That being said, I think this is a situation where they're early on in camp and giving the nod to the veteran uh, more so than anything else. It sounds like that uh, Greg Newsom has taken plenty of snaps for the first team guys as well, uh, just based on, on reading the reports of the scrimmages, or seeing what, what happened on Sunday, that he's been out there plenty um, and that often he's been moved off the first team to, to test out Troy Hill on the outside and get him some reps there too. So I still think that's an open competition. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say that, that Newsom's, uh, you know, the favorite there by any means, but I think Rudy Williams gets the nod uh, in, in game one because he's got the experience. He's kind of the incumbent guy, uh, even though, you know, he was obviously out all of last season. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Did we touch on Tech McKinley in the last pod? Oh, we did not touch on Tech McKinley. Yeah, we got to touch on that real quick. This is major, Jordan. Uh, that yeah. It sounds like he's away from the team and that he – might not return for a while. Yeah, no timetable is what they said. That is – I mean, there's nothing other to say than it's a major problem if he's not able to return for the depth of that that line group. But also, you know, you obviously hope everything's okay with him. It sounded like it was, it was something, you know, personal. Uh, it, so you, you never know. You know, you obviously don't want to speculate in a situation like that. But as far as the on-field impact of the Browns, I know you've been much higher on his potential than than I have, but if that's going to be the case and he's not going to play, then your guy Curtis Weaver might be uh, yeah. might be getting some more <laughs> snaps than than originally thought. Yeah, it's a really really strange start to training camp for Tech McKinley. Right, he missed I think two days from dehydration, which was interesting in itself because that's you know that's something that you can control. Um, in terms of getting fluids into your body. And it's not like the Browns were practicing in like 95 degree heat like they have been the past couple of days, Henry. When that happened, I mean, we were low 70s, high 60s those days. It didn't really make sense. And then they, uh, and then, you know, then this news comes down. Like you said, I think it seems like it's more personal. So obviously you wish him the best, but it's a tough start, man, because, you know, and, and I think Andrew Barry's probably feeling the same way too. A guy that, you know, coveted Tack McKinley and wanted him here for, and tried to get him here multiple times, finally got him here. And then this happens, another, you know, fork in the road per se. It's just tough to see, man, because I would, like you said, I was high on him. I wanted to see why the Browns front office was so interested in him, what he could do to fit into this scheme. And now we don't know if we're going to get that opportunity. I, I don't, who knows at, at this point, again, it sounded pretty vague out, out of the Brown side of things. And that may be just to, you know, uh, obviously be, be cautious when talking about something that's a personal issue. They certainly don't want to, 
put an exact timeline on it when you don't know, but there's not a ton behind him. Just looking at the depth chart, obviously Porter Augustine, and then it's your guy, Curtis Weaver. And so there, it is disappointing because the Browns obviously took a chance on him. They wanted him last year. They didn't get him. They, they clearly thought he was going to be an option. I mean, there was, there's been plenty of talk about Jadavion Clowney sliding inside uh, on certain, you know, uh, passing situations to get Tack McKinley on the field, more in pass rush, obvious situations where he can utilize his ability on the outside and the Browns can get their best pass rushers all on the field at once. But other than that, if he's not ready to go, I mean, uh, you know, obviously it's next man up and, and right now, it's not a problem, but, you know, uh, I think we all know the injury history of Jadavion Clowney. It, it could be one, mm-hmm. and even Miles Garrett could be one that that, that that rears its head early on in the season if there's an injury. Yeah, it's one of those things where we've, you know, kind of been talking about all offseason, like having depth at that edge position. And this kind of, this certainly puts, you know, a hole in that depth. And we'll see. It's going to be, you know, all of a sudden it's time for Porter Gustin and Curtis Weaver, those guys, to step up and show us what they got. Uh, it just sucks, Henry. I was really looking forward to it, and it was kind of bummer. There's been – that's really the only kind of bummer news to come out of training camp so far, which I guess is good for the most part, other than this Anthony Walker news. But it ended up being, you know, he was completely fine. And maybe that's the situation like this is, right, because they were super vague with Anthony Walker. All of a sudden he's back in a flash. They were super vague with Tech McKinley. Who knows? Maybe we could see him tomorrow. Maybe we don't see him until week four. You, you never know. You just don't. So I, I guess we'll just have to uh, to wait and see on that front. Other than that, yeah, I didn't see anything else with the, jump, the, the depth chart that super jumped off the page to me. I know some people were pointing out that JOK was like a third string linebacker, but I think that's just, hey, he was on COVID reserve. He's on the practice yeah. a couple of times. So I, I didn't really see anything else worth discussing. But other than that, Jordan, I think we, we can wrap it up here. Just a quick one, you know, uh, uh, after that, that Tuesday training camp, we'll be back of course, with plenty more content. Brown's first preseason game is on Saturday as well. So we'll finally get to see the team in action against somebody else, which will be a nice thing for the fans. Yeah, how much of that game do you plan on watching on Saturday? Because it's one of those things where like, I'm telling myself, like going into that uh, first Hall of Fame game, I was like, eh, I mean, I'll check it out. And the next thing I know, I'd watch like the first three quarters of the game. <laughs> kind of like, well, I know, I've watched way too much Dwayne Haskins and uh, it's going to be Kyle Valletta versus C.J. Beathard, man. Um, and, and I'm ready for it. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where I never know. It, for every regular season Browns game, it's like, okay, I have to make a plan about how I'm watching it. If for some reason I'm going right. to miss, you know, the first 30 minutes, you know, DVR setup, what do we got to do, et cetera. I don't feel that pressure with preseason, but then I also pretty much end up watching most of the game anyway. I, I, I turn it off probably in, in the third quarter, uh, you know, most of the time. Uh, but, you know, maybe with three games this year, maybe we watch the full thing. We'll see. I don't know. It's a lot different too, right? Because we're not really watching it. Like we're watching like, all right, just please God, everyone stay healthy. In years previous, we were watching like, all right, is this quarterback going to be the guy? Is this running yeah. back going to be the guy? Let's watch this first round wide receiver. Like those were the things. Now it's kind of just everyone get healthy. That, that's a fair point, too. I definitely watched all of the preseason games when yeah. it was like quarterback competitions. Deshaun uh, Kaiser looked like Joe Montana after oh his my. first game. <laughs> Don't even get me started about Deshaun Kaiser. I watched every minute of that training camp, and I was like, oh, my God, can this guy throw the football? And huh. then you realized when, when the game turned on and he actually had to decide where to throw the football, you were like, <laughs> right. oh, 
that's that's one of those where I'm like, man, I am glad I am not a, a scout because when, when I watched Kaiser just throw the ball in practice, I was like, this is an arm. I was like, this is incredible. Yeah. Like he can throw the ball to pinpoint 30 yards down the field on a rope. And then it was like, oh, but when they put the defense out there, that's that's a problem. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, ah, right, right. Yeah, no, no. Deshaun Kaiser was one of those where I was uh I was mesmerized and I was I was dead wrong. So Oops. Yeah. It's, it's why it's uh, not an easy job. You live and you learn. You yeah, live and you learn. You live and learn. And thankfully we don't have to worry about that anymore because we have uh, exactly. our guy Baker Mayfield. So, all right. Now, we'll, now we'll cut it off there after that nice Deshaun Kaiser uh, <laughs> deviation, but uh, Browns fans <laughs> until next time, just two words for you. Go Browns.